Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Today on Clit Talk, we discuss the trials and tribulations of being a female porn director with award-winning erotic storyteller Kay Brandt. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk. The Pleasure Positive Podcast, where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some. All right, Clitorati. Kay Brandt is an award-winning adult filmmaker and best-selling author of erotic novels. Her passionate blend of creative storytelling and real sex has graced the screens of over 40 adult films, including two of the biggest budget lesbian adult films ever made, Cherry One and Two, which are now considered classics among the um, erotic genre is a huge accomplishment. (laughs) And Kay began her career in mainstream film and television and transitioned to the adult entertainment industry as a writer and a director. And she's now spearheading a new genre of adult films based on erotic novels. So with no further ado, we'd like to introduce this trailblazing maverick creator of adult film, Kay Brand. Wow. Wow. We love you. I love you too. (laughs) She's hot, you guys. She's hot. She's Um, sitting in the studio. (laughs) Where are you from? Um, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Why do you call your pussy? The little coochie. The little coochie that could. Yeah. (laughs) If you could have had sex with any figure throughout history, who would it be? Oh, Shakespeare. Mm. What turns you on? Everything. What's the most taboo thing to you? Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) This sugar? Did that just happen? Did did the award-winning filmmaker just say my name? Are you talking about me? No. I mean, you know, the evils of sugar. It's very taboo. It should not exist. Because it's the reason for obesity. Yeah, yeah. Addiction. We are all addicted to sugar. It's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. All right, Kay, we are so excited to have you in the studio. Could you do us a favor and paint a picture for our listeners who haven't yet seen your work? And what makes your film so different from the porn that we're used to seeing? My movies are really long. And they're long because there is so much in them. And sometimes it's an overload of sex. And sometimes it's an overload of story. And sometimes it's both. Seven movies have been based on books. I've made nine movies for them over the past three years. Three of them were not based on books, like Submissive Wives, which you all saw the trailer of. And um, But seven of them were. And when you're doing a book adaptation, it needs to be very specific. There has to be a lot of content there and a lot of um, content that is going to resonate with the reader's fan base to make them want to buy the movie. 
And I've made four of Selena Kitt's movies into books. And she's a New York Times USA Today bestselling author who's sold two million copies of her of her books worldwide over how, the past decade. You know, that's the thing is like how much story I don't want to overdo it. But in some books, like for Baby Steen, the Baumgartners, the book has 18 sex scenes in it. 18. Okay, so that's a, a lot of sex to read through. <laughs> a lot of sex to read through. You know what I'm saying? It's like... <laughs> it I'm tired just like, thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> when, when I started translating the book to screen, you know, to from a manuscript to a screenplay, um, it was... Um, how do you, how do I make this all work? Because so many of the sex scenes are repetitive in the book. They are between three people or two people. And that's the build of the seduction. That's how that story was told was that it starts off light and then it grows into some really profound sex, but it's, but the sex that happens at the beginning of the book is just as important to telling the story. So that's part of the medium is that, you know, uh, babysitting the Baumgartners, for example, is a four hour movie. The sequel is five. Um, Safe Landings, based on my own novel, is a three and a half hour movie. But Babysitting the Baumgartners, of the 18 sex scenes that are in the novel, I only picked 14. I only did 14. And I had oh, yeah. only, you know, I had four days to make that movie. And so I had to turn this New York Times bestselling author that's this beloved movie in the hearts of these erotica fans that are completely obsessed with Selena Kitt. She has more than 50,000 subscribers on her blog that actively buy her books. And if you're into books, she just did this thing on Book Hub and Book Bub. And there were like, I don't know, 30,000 people that showed up for, the, for her, her event and all this online. So it's, um, you know, she's very, very popular. And that's part of why that movie was so, such a big success. Wait, I'm just doing the math in my head. Did you say you had four days to shoot this movie and there were 18 sex scenes amongst the same 14, three? 18 four, in okay. the book, 14 on So paper. 14 sex scenes um, over four days with the same three actors? And, and, and 40 pages of dialogue. Oh my God. That is a professional one man. One male character what? in the whole thing. Wow. One male. How is that even possible? You got to read the book. You got to see the movie to understand why That's it's so special. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Wow. And and believe me, I everybody in the adult industry was like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, <laughs> one man for 14? What? What do you mean there's 14 sex scenes? I still now, two and a half years later after that movie came out, I still have people in the industry come up to me going, what was the big deal about babysitting the bomb guards? I'm like, what do you know about it? Yeah. Do you know that it had 14 sex scenes in it? It's triple. Well, a normal sex scene has a normal movie, normal X-rated movie has five scenes. Oh, wow. That's the standard stock, but a lot of times they have four, but um, five is the standard. So I tripled it and it kind of like went over the head of mm. like the people in the know in the adult industry who would blog or review and, or possibly award me, nominate me at AVN or XBiz, any of the nominating parties, the big events that we have. XBiz is the Golden Globes, AVN is the Oscars. And for so for me, when I get nominated every year and I've been winning for a long time, uh, that's a big deal. It was a big deal when I won my first AVN award eight years ago as a woman in a male-dominated industry to stand up and go, yeah, that's, that's for my movies. Yeah, okay. How many female porn directors are there, do you know, in the States? Oh, in the, well, I mean, this is the thing is that it's hard to quantify that now because we've never seen a time in the adult industry where there are so many women who are own their own cam, their cam models. So they mm-hmm. have their own and they are directors of their own material. So it's hard to say, but feature film directors, yeah. Um, then that would be me and like maybe five other women. 
Wow, incredible. Six. Amongst how how many can you guesstimate how yeah. many male porn the directors ratio. there are? There are a lot, but but less than there ever was because the industry itself has had a major down downsizing over since, since I've been in that specifically over the past 5 years. I you had know? a quick question. I mean, 14 sex scenes in 4 days, how do you not get turned on? It's it's not it's not a question of not getting turned on. You do get turned on. Mm-hmm. You do. I mean, every me and my entire crew. You know, I mean, like, and it's but we're used to it, and we're professionals in the industry. So, bottom line is, you can get turned on you want, and that's not that the performers are going to care, but it's creating an environment of professionalism and respect. Mm-hmm. So, me getting turned on means that I know that what's happening on the camera, that what's happening in the product, is going to work, is going yeah. to do its yeah. job because it's, good, it's exciting yeah. me to watch. But I also get tremendously turned on by just watching the seductions that I direct and the sedu- the seductions that happen before sex, and when you're doing a book-based movie those move those books usually have a lot of seduction in them i mean my movie naked which is based on the first novel in a trilogy that i'm writing and the second one comes out next year um naked the book and the movie are based on something very real and contemporary it's based upon um you know two people who go who who decide who get chosen to be on a show like naked and afraid and mm-hmm. and but the book is about the bulk of that story happens when they're when the cameras are not on them, when the characters, when the cameras not on the two characters, the two people that are out there in Madagascar. Yeah, I love the pride that you take in your work. I have to. Yeah, I mean, I've thought so many times about writing and directing porn myself, <laughs> so that people could see how beautiful sex can really be. And um, if it weren't for the societal taboo associated with it, I would totally do it. Right. So I want to acknowledge you for following your bliss and thank you fucking doing it the thing is it wasn't really my bliss that's that's where the real story comes from is that it 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 became my bliss years after i got into the business but it wasn't when i started well i mean um maybe shall i say having the guts to to Mm -hmm. do it you know yeah and the guts didn't happen immediately well yeah, no, I was terrified of it. I was terrified of porn. I think I felt like a lot of women. I got I started directing my first X-rated movie when I was um 41 years old. So, I'd already gone through a um you know, a whole like uh, lifetime of living by what society tells you and I was also a writer and director in mainstream uh who was already realizing that I was never really going to get very far. There were a lot of female executives that I had a connection with that I really liked that I saw believed in my work, but what I found in the bigger studio system was that the filters and the layers that you have to go through in order to get a movie made without a CAA agent or an ICM agent or whatever was um incredibly difficult. <laughs> And when I was starting to write erotica, I ended up, that's when things really started to turn around for me. It was, uh, but even then that wasn't enough. I still felt very like porn is something that you shun. Porn is something with a stigma that is so thick and so intimidating that there should be no way that I could ever really like that. Plus, you know, is something that we were talking about before the microphones were turned on about how, you know, I felt like, 
porn was, it wasn't okay for me to admit that I even liked it. It wasn't okay for me to tell my husband that I was interested in it. And when I did, I felt like I was really shaking the ground in our relationship, you know, and that would have taken a different turn. But even then I had to kind of be like, oh, well, I don't really enjoy watching this gangbang very much. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really, really wish I was that girl who was taking all of those giant big dicks. But, you know, that's kind of like how I felt, you know, inside, if I'm being totally honest, was and I think a lot of women feel that way. You get exposure to porn and it, it it connects with a primal part of you that you that we as women in society have to keep at bay because we already have a problem with men coming after us for the wrong reasons or breaking boundaries or acting inappropriately because we are women, we are hot, we are sexual creatures, we have vaginas, we have tits, we have all the things that men love. And for me to step into porn was like I knew that moment that I was going, when I made the decision that there was going to be a finite amount of time that I was going to be able to hide my identity, there was going to be a choice I was going to have to make, which was, do you say goodbye? Do you make the decision right now to never, ever work in mainstream again? And that was the hardest. That was the most painful. And still to this day, you know, nine years, almost 10 years later, I still don't really feel like, um, I've, I don't feel like it mattered because the offers weren't coming in from mainstream anyway. I went through a four-year dry spell before I took my first job in adult. And I didn't mean to take the job in adult. They came after me. They found me on a mainstream job board. On, it was called a varietymediacareers.com. I don't even know if it's a real job board anymore, but that's where my resume was posted. And that's where Girlfriends Films, the first company I ever worked for, an all lesbian company, found me because I had erotica on my resume and it came up in a search when we had, you know, and searching was like really kind of like archaic back then, nine yeah. years ago, was not what it is today. And um, I met with them. And I was like, I wore a cross. I actually wore a gold cross because I was like trying to like keep everybody away from me just in case I was like going into a den of really fucked up people. And I didn't know. I had no idea. I was just filled with fear and I was raised Catholic and the whole thing. So it was like, oh my God. And I met the people there and there was three women that worked for that company and they were all so cool. One of them was the camera woman who would be the person I would work with if I did, if I took the job to write and direct for them. And so that was it. But I literally kept my identity secret. I didn't show my face. You know, Instagram, Facebook wasn't really popular then, but Instagram, Twitter didn't really exist when I first got into the industry. They did kind of 2011 is when I got into Twitter, and that was still pretty new then. Um, so I didn't have an opportunity to really post my Face anywhere, but my fans, that my growing fan base of Girlfriends Films was like, show us who you are. We can't believe there's a woman behind the camera. You know, we can't believe it. So what was the impact on your husband, your family, your friends, and you through making that choice? Well, to this day, my family does not know. Oh yeah, is Nobody Kay Brandt not your, your real ha- name? No, it's not my real name. Oh wow! And no one. <laughs> what do they think that Wait, you does do your for a husband living? know? Oh, my husband knows. Okay, yeah. okay. So he knows. I was like, that's really crazy. <laughs> what do they think that you do for a living? Well, I was a fitness instructor for 10 years with 24 Hour Fitness. And I, I was in a car accident two years ago, right after I finished filming Babies in the Baumgartners. And I got such bad whiplash that it completely eliminated my chances for going back to teaching. Mm. But then I was running into a lot of porn stars at the 24 Hour Fitness in Northridge. That's where a lot of them go. And I was like, <laughs> They all knew me. They're like, hey. And I'm like, oh, my God. Now I'm like, yeah, my God. Now they all know that I had this secret identity for so long. And it was fantastic to be able to play that off. But uh, but 
it came like my, the end of that career came at a time when I was ready to just be like only you know, like, I don't feel like doing this extra thing, which I had to do to keep up this appearance so I could tell other people that I actually did something else. So I'm really curious. You're, I want to go back for a moment. You're sitting in that room. You've got your gold cross. <laughs> these, these three women are sitting in front of you. This is not the trajectory. And it was a male owner. So it was go. a man yeah. sitting in front of me with women on the sidelines. So yeah. as you were sitting there, what I really want to know is what, was the thing that had you say yes? It was this very strange job interview in the first place. Um, just talking about the content was really weird. And the owner of the company put one of the movies in in his office so I could see when I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it was like, I'm like, I like I could feel I was sweating. I could feel my throat tightening up. I was like, oh, I'm not I'm not flustered. I'm not bothered by this material. It's like the hottest lesbian. I've never seen lesbian movies until this moment, right? I'm like, oh my God, right? And <laughs> wow. So I saw these movies and I thought, well, these are super low budge. You know, there's like no money in these, but the acting and the performance, the sex performance between these women is, I bought it. Like, it did not look like, you know, fuck on command or gay for pay or any of that stuff. It was... Um, they looked like they were really enjoying it. They themselves. were really into yeah. it, and they didn't look like there was a camera. It just looked like these weird little stories that they created, you know, to create a, a, back, a, a, a framework for the lesbian sex to happen. So he sent me home. The owner of the company sent me home with a box porn. <laughs> and I, my job was to watch Never it to had see an if I like that. right. Just and I'm like the whole time, the whole drive home. I'm like my brain is racing and I'm sweating and I'm like I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. How much is he gonna pay? And it was a lot. It was a lot of money. It was all he wanted were five page scripts and he was paying me two hundred and fifty dollars per script. And I'm like I could turn this shit out all day long. I could do this all day long. And I did. And he kept buying him and buying him. And then he finally said, you're going to have to come to set because I hired you to be a writer-director. You know, it's great that you're writing these scripts and they're working out really well when we do them, but we need you here. And I was like, uh, I can't. I can't do it. I can't fathom showing up on set and directing this. I just can't. I've directed erotic stage plays but and simulated sex, but I mean, come on. And he, he put his foot down one day and said, you have to, you have to, or else you can't do this. You, I hired you to direct. You need to come direct. So I showed up at the set and uh, I directed all of the acting, all of the dialogue up until the sex scene. And then I would always come up with an excuse for why I had to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then who would take over for you? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, they would just sort of like do the film, the sex, the way they always film the sex, but they wanted me to direct it because the story carried over into the sex and the scripts that I was writing. So I was like, I got to go. I got uh, something. I have, I have to go teach a class at 24 Fitness. I have a I have a long drive. I have a thing I got to do. I have Until I ran out of excuses and finally they're like, is it traffic? What is it? You got to teach a class? What is it? What are the oh, days you don't they teach? They called you out. Because we can, and I'm finally, I was like, okay. And I just really, it felt like plugging my nose and diving into a dark, deep end of a pool. And you don't know what's down there. You can't see it. You just was like, here I go. And it was insane. It was insane. 
So would you say that that's maybe your biggest challenge as being a female porn director is actually diving in to direct the sex? Yeah, because every other female director I know either was a performer first, so it was not a big deal to cross over. The ones that weren't performers first and came in as directors came in as co-directors. They directed with a man, Mm -hmm. and they still direct with a man. And sometimes they direct on their own. I've never directed with anybody else, and I've never directed with a man. So it's always been like... So for me, it was really like I threw myself into it and I just didn't look back. You said, you know, now after having been uh, an erotic female film director, you do feel like this is where you're always meant to be. Definitely. And so my question to you is, I don't know if you even thought of this, but now that you you are that, is, is there a difference or a lasting impact or something that you're hoping that you at the forefront of this really as like a leader in this that you're hoping to like what's the impact you're you're hoping this can make on the, the impact world? has already happened and i have no idea if i was a part of it or not um i definitely know that i'm influencing a forward motion of it but it's not but i don't really know it's just it's just now you know one of the many benefits of the internet for companies that are putting money behind adult entertainment is that they're using the tracking systems to see what is really in demand mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, B T and W, this is a big one. And in in I'm the very I'm the only director in the entire world that has ever turned a New York Times bestselling uh, book into a X rated movie. So that's awesome. Thank you, and I'm oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm also the only director in the entire world that's ever made their own book, their own novel into a movie and directed it themselves. I want to just say, I'm real sorry. I I just think it's awesome that you were like, you know what? Fuck you, mainstream. And you just let the awards and just rain down on you in in a world you at first really feared. Yeah. And the liberation that you got to come into. I would say like those awards are just like just the manifestation of your own sexual awakening. So it's really cool to hear the... um, Sort of the mirroring from the stories you you re- yeah. wrote in the beginning and how very empowering you came into your mm-hmm. own awakening through, kind of through this whole absolutely thing. I, I definitely did and it is the best thing that ever happened to me and very few people maybe zero people can say that about porn I mean it's 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 truly you know I mean it is truly the best thing that's ever happened to me because like my own personal sex life I had a lot of hangups before and. Religious issues, all of those things that made me feel like, you know, women can like sex, but it's really not something that you talk about. And, or maybe it is a little bit with your best girlfriends, but it's just not, you know, I mean, we should. They tried to do this in the 70s. Women tried to do this with feminism and that it was okay to like sex and we could walk around naked and we could have big bushes in our underarm hair and we could not shave our legs and do all this stuff. But this not at all what I'm talking about. It was a type of empowerment that was like, there's nothing wrong with loving sex. And there is nothing, there is nothing wrong with being a woman who wants to fuck. Nothing. Zero. To be mothers, we have to be wives, girlfriends, blah, blah, blah. Well, all of these things that society tells us to do, we have to be powerful. We have to go into the workplace and we have to deal with men and we have to act a certain way. And we have all this shit. And you know, just go into the workplace and just think in your head, I would gangbang all you motherfuckers right now if you weren't so fucking ugly and stupid. But that's like, that's how I feel when I can you say that into the mic? Well, say the mic about not being men not being ugly and stupid. Not that they're really ugly and stupid. What you said was, I would gangbang all you motherfuckers right now. If you weren't so ugly and stupid. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I remember having big meetings and I did have big meetings back in like 1999, 2000 with the project for at a big, a couple of big studios. And, um, 
And it was always this feeling that I really had to hide my sexuality. And when it came out slightly in some of the storylines that were in question that I was writing about, I had to defend all of these things. And I just wasn't indie enough. I wasn't artsy enough. Mm. I wasn't off the cuff enough to be able to play off the fact that I had some erotica in my mainstream work that I wanted to have a studio to give me money to do. And that's another thing that doesn't happen to me an adult. I don't get pigeonholed. I've made some of the craziest <laughs> I've made the first ever X-rated cooking show called Fort. What it was a big? Yeah, yeah. That'll be on my when you look at my hot movies chart. Yeah, all you yeah. listeners out but there. But the sex that's, that's Crystal's favorite kitchen. place to have sex. You can is Google in a this right now yeah. and start watching. Yeah, Fort uh, is a four a and a half hour epic. Mm-hmm. It is seven cooking scenes and five sex scenes. So there's more cooking scenes than sex in the movie. And all the porn stars are cooking with each other. So it becomes like they're helping each other I in like the kitchen that. and all this. It is sexy. It is sexy as fuck, and the sex is off the charts too. So I, you know, like you gotta. I, I did see a, a slave making bacon wrapped dates for. Oh yes, that's uh, on my trailer. In the trailer, yeah, yes. And <laughs> Joe amazing. Philippone, who played the slave, is a mainstream actor who loves being in my movies, and he's been in three of them so far. That's wow. hilarious. Yeah. Before we completely wrap up the episode, thank you so much oh, for, for coming in today and. What I'm really present to is one of the reasons why we do Clit Talk is to have these sort of taboo conversations be more mainstream. And, I, and it's, it's, it's perfect, right, that you have to be anonymous. Your parents don't even know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I guess, like, if there was just—so I really get that that's who you are, too, and you're, and you're, and you're kind of fighting the same fight as we are in your yeah. own way. Um, for all of our listeners listening, if there was one thing that you could just leave them with, right, something— if there was one thing you could say to our listeners to how can they in their own way kind of help to shift society as well, what would be the one thing that you could leave our listeners with? I mean, ultimately, it's a lack of judgment, which is porn is a very easy target to judge. Very easy. And it's upsetting to me now when I see that a mainstream, uh, you know, horror porn, disaster porn, all these gratuitous spends of gigantic budgets and director egos. And we put it out and we put it out and we put out the most disgusting horror movies filled with torture and people being, women being raped. And uh, we feed it to the youth and we say, you're 12 years old, you're 13 years old, you're 14 years old, you're overexposed to everything because of the internet. So you should be completely desensitized to this. But anything that you pick up with two people fucking or three people fucking or a group of people fucking or whatever it is, their clothes are off and you're showing a dick and a penis or two, or a dick and a penis, a dick and a pussy and two pussies together, whatever, that somehow that's wrong. But what we need to have are healthier discussions about sex and stop using porn as the scapegoat. It is not the reason why kids go to school and shoot people. It is not, it is not the reason why there's a dysfunction in most relationships, why a husband and wife can't talk to each other about what they really want in the bedroom or what they really desire, what they really feel. Just accept the fact that the more that we embrace sex, especially as women, and we can teach that to the youth, what we need to do is just like embrace the fact that sex performance, sex performers are workers. That is real work. Sex work is real work. And they should be respected for what they do because that creates their work environment in a more safer, in a safer environment. When they're respected and the world around them is okay with it and their environment is good for them to be in, their, their workplace is safe. Mm, beautifully put. <laughs> Thank You're you. Welcome.
And then, Kay, where are, where's the best place for people to find your videos and your work, your website? How do people get in mm. touch with you and all of your work? I don't really have a website because I have too much social media. Okay. So <laughs> I can't, I don't have time for a website. Yeah. But um, I have a YouTube channel. You can find me on YouTube. It's just Kay, the, 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 the letter K, Brandt, B-R-A-N-D-T. There is a T at the end of that. And um, you can find me on Instagram. It's K with a K A Y with a dot in between K and Brandt. And on Twitter, I'm Jewelbox Films, which was my old company. It's J E W E L B O X F I L M S. And I post a lot of explicit stuff on there. So user beware on that one. Um, LinkedIn, you know, that's a really boring site, but you can find me on that one. Facebook, K Brandt. Uh, what else? Goodreads. And what's, what's, if they're going to watch one film, what would it be? One film. What's the one they should start with, I should say? I, um, well, I, okay. <laughs> I, it, I would, the, my, the big movie that I came, that, that came out this year for me was the, the seduction of Heidi based on Heidi and the Kaiser, which was yes. a best-selling novel by Selena Kitt. And it is BDSM. It's, um, control. It's kink, kink control, not so much, uh, BDSM like equipment and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, but anyway, it's a three and a half hour epic and it's available now and you can see it. Um, I love that movie because it's slow and seductive and powerful. So, um, for all of you out there, uh, go ahead and close your eyes, take a deep breath and put your hand on your pussy or your cock. It's now your turn to create a story of the most epic sexual encounter of your dreams. So imagine the ideal setting. You scouted the entire world to find this place. Look around. Is it night or day? What's on your set? What are the colors and textures? What props are set up? Who are your actors? You can cast anyone you want. What do they look like? What do they sound like? What are they wearing? And now what are they doing? And how are they doing it? And whenever you're ready to, flutter your eyes open. Congratulations, you just directed your first (laughs) (laughs) one. Well, thank you so much, Kay, for You're coming welcome. on today. And thank you, all of you listeners, for exploring the worldwide cinema with Clit Talk. Did you come up with an epic idea for an adult film during this episode? <laughs> tell us about it. Kay yeah, literally wants to know. Definitely. Um, tell us on our Instagram, at Clit Talk Show. And if you have people in your life who would love this episode, hook them up right now by going to your podcast app and clicking share. Last But not least, (laughs) if you haven't already, click subscribe. We love you so much, Clitorati, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Pussy. 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 Pussy, pussy, pussy. Pussy, pussy, pussy. 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 Yes. Oops.
Oops, we did it again. <laughs> I directed a porn, and her cock, his cock was in her. It was beautiful. Wow. Said, Ooh, we did it again. Wow, I can't top that. That was beautiful. I can't top that. That was it. That was the golden moment right there.